Christian soldiers, pick up your weapon. Let's fight the battle. We're not alone. For the angels have camped around us. We're not defeated. We'll soon be Christian soldiers, pick up your weapon, let's fight the battle, we're not alone, for the angels have camped around us, we're not defeated, we'll soon be home. One more time. Oh, Christian soldiers, pick up your weapons, let's fight the battle, we're not alone, for the angels have camped around us, we're not defeated, we'll soon be Amen. Praise the Lord. How many believe it? We're not defeated. We'll soon be home. All the signs around us are telling us that it's time to get out of here. So this is not a time to be discouraged, but to be encouraged that God's word is true. And every prophecy that's been prophesied that we believe in, we're seeing them day by day manifest. So we appreciate truth. We appreciate the Lord God. Appreciate all of you. Thank God for all of you. Thank God for your pastor. Amen. Wonderful brother and friend in the Lord. And like he said, good to see everybody. Let's just go right into prayer and um, get into the word. Amen. Let's just bow our hearts. I mean, if you have a need, you can nod it to the Lord by uplifted hand. Lord Jesus, Father, we're here on the merits of your grace, Lord. Lord, knowing that there's nothing good that we've done, Lord, but it's all your choosing, all your election, Lord, that the purpose of God may be fulfilled in our lives. And Lord, though we come from different walks of life and we've come down different paths, Lord, we have that one thing in common, and that's you, Lord. It's fulfilling the desires of your heart, Lord, the desires of your, your thoughts. And Lord God, we just want to be that clay that's still moldable. Lord, lay your hands upon us. Touch us in the areas, Lord, we need to be touched, Lord. Lord, bring true fulfillment in our lives, Lord. Not the fulfillment of things of the world that can easily be swept away like a vapor. But, Lord, that fulfillment in the unseen things, Lord. Fulfillment in the promises of the word of God. And, Lord God, we just pray that you would bless each and every heart that is here, Lord. And, Father, you would make it a personal visitation tonight. Lord, that like the song said, we just give ourselves away. Lord, never to go back into that which we once were. Lord, we bless your holy name. Lord, we thank you for the sea, Lord, that forgiveth all sins. Lord, and that you don't even see them anymore, Lord. Once we repent, make it right. So, Father, we love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. That church, amen. 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 If you have your Bibles. Let's turn to, um, we want to go to um, Job chapter 1. 
Then we're going to go to St. John chapter 15 and 1 Peter chapter 1. Job chapter 1 and verse 6. If you have a say amen. amen. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Which comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Amen. St. John chapter 15. St. John 15 and verse 1. The Bible says, I am the, vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that bringeth not forth, that bringeth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. First Peter chapter 1 verse 7. The Bible says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Lord have blessed reading of his word. You can have your seats. Tonight, by the grace of God, I want to use for a subject, gold tried by fire. Now, we believe, um, just from the teachings of what we believe, we believe that gold represents uh, deity and that deity is our Lord Jesus Christ and for us to be a part of God we have to also see that we are deity that we are a type of gold but we want to look at the making of gold tonight we want to look at the, the trial of gold tonight that gold is, 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 is birthed in a very filthy condition Gold is, is, is birthed in a place where it has to be digged for. Gold is birthed in a place, place that's not always easily seen. So there is a trial to get to that gold. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a press. There's an there's a earnest expectation to get to that gold. And you know, we as individuals have to realize that if we are gold, that we have to be tested. 
We have to be, the key word tonight is purged. We have to be purged, church. And what I love about the scripture, he says, even when you're bringing forth fruit, God will purge you that you bring forth more fruit. So what I'm saying tonight, the trial of your faith is not because you're doing something wrong. But the trial of your faith is to purge you, hallelujah, that you can bring forth more of God. So the trials in our lives is really the testings of God to bring out the blessings of God. Hallelujah. But the key, the key to the whole thing is when we're going through trials and tribulations, we don't look at it like God does. And I'm guilty. Hallelujah. You know, most of the time we're, 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 we're church, we're so far beyond smoking and drinking. We're so far beyond clubbing and partying. So when we go through something, we'll be like, Lord, what did I do? I'm not smoking. I'm not drinking. I'm at church every Wednesday, every, every Sunday. I'm at my post of duty. Why me, God? Because you're gold. That's why you. Because you are the apple of God's eye. You are priceless. You are the deity of God on this earth. But what there is, one thing about, about gold, before it's fully substance of gold to be fit to be used, you have to get all the filth out of it. Oh, catch this church. It's gold with the filth inside. <laughs> Hallelujah. You with all your trials, you with all your bad habits, you with all your shortcomings, you are still gold. But what the devil will do, the devil will say, you lied, you did us, still gold. He'll say, well, you made this mistake, still gold. You got caught up in something you shouldn't have got caught up in, still gold. That filth inside you really proves that you're gold. Hallelujah. But God doesn't want us to remain in that condition. See, there's a lot of people in church who have the substance of gold, but they never get beat. (laughs) Hallelujah. Soon as they start to get beat, oh, I think I need to relocate. (laughs) Soon as they start to get beat, I'm going to watch it on the live and stream tonight. See, the prophet of God said, fool's gold shines just as good as real gold. But the difference between fool's gold and real gold, real gold can take a beating and still shine. Hallelujah. Real gold can take a beating on the front, on the back, upside down, twisted, turned around, shaken together, and still shine. Hallelujah. So church, the, the trial of our faith will try. Let me, let me, let me, let's make this real clear. None of your trials are given to you by the devil. Amen, church. Amen, church. Because if you're being tried by the devil only, that means he has control of your life. Look, before we get into it, Job, hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Look what God says about Job. He testifies about Job to the devil. Yeah. <laughs> he 
has a testimony service. Hallelujah. He said, Satan, before we get into all this, have you considered my servant Job? Now God said, I'm going to testify about his life before I give him to you. Think about that, church. God is having a testimony service about you. You are God's Super Bowl. (laughs) Hallelujah. You are God's trophy. I don't know what they call the NHL. uh, Yeah, you are God's Stanley Cup. (laughs) And you know when they get that cup, they're like, I never thought I'd get back, but I made it back. All the teeth gone, everything. That's the child of their faith. To get back to that championship, they got to get wounded. They got to get hurt. And me personally, I've been to the hockey game out here, and me personally, that's one sport I couldn't play. Because you just mind your own business, skating, and the next thing you know, boom! What did I do to you? Oh, it's just a part of the game. Church, a part of the game, the game called Christianity is getting blindsided sometimes. But just notice, it's not coming from the devil. God is in control. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's look at it, church. Before he even gets to Satan, he has to hear God express what Job means to him. Before you go through anything, God expresses to the devil what you mean to him. Hallelujah. And from this day forward, I want everybody in this room to recognize and realize that the devil has boundaries. Hallelujah. God let him, hallelujah, get control of certain things in Job's life but with a boundary. Could it be what you're going through right now is just a bet between God and the devil? It was just a bet. Satan said, give him to me, and he'll curse you, and God said, you want a bet? He has faith in the goal. He knows it's real gold. Listen, listen, church, and and, and what I'm preaching tonight is really personal. Hallelujah. Because God had to change the way I look at things. You know, we we, we think because we're on the firing line. Isn't that how the song goes, keep on the firing line? You know, we think because we're on the firing line that we're exempt from trials we can't understand. Church. Right now, some of you are in this room going through something that you don't even have an answer for. Going through something and you're saying, Lord, why me? I I, I thought I'm right where I'm supposed to be. You are in the midst of a trial. (laughs) That's exactly where God wants you. Hallelujah. Because he says, every son and daughter of God must first be what? Tried and tested. Before you go to any grade, you must pass the final exam. Hallelujah. You have to be tested to go to the next level. And before you get out of here and take a rapture, you're going to have to be pure gold. 
not pyrite, not a little bit of dirt hiding in there. You're going to be the reflection of God. Boy, that makes me excited. Hallelujah. You mean to tell me before I leave this earth, I'm going to be real gold. I'm going to be real deity. That's who Jesus was. He wasn't a hypocrite. He wasn't a false god of idols made with wood. No, he was real deity. And that's what lays within the seed. But look, church, he says, before he even gets to giving him over, he has a testimony service. Beyond mind, if I take my jacket off, I have to. But here I felt the devil swing at me. So I say, let me get loose a little bit. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm in a place now where I like to throw them hands. Hallelujah. I'm in a spiritual place where I'm not backing down. Hallelujah. If I got to fight my way out, I'm going to fight my way out because I believe God is on my side. Hallelujah. Despite what you're looking at, despite what you might believe, I was built for the trial I'm going through. You were built for the trial you're going through. You were built for the test you're going through because you're gold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen, he says, he says in verse, um, in verse 8, are you with me? Amen. He says, and the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job? First, he acknowledges that Job is not just any ordinary person. My servant Job. God is acknowledging his service. Woo! God is attentive to his life. My servant Job. He doesn't call anybody his servant. Hallelujah. Job has gotten God's attention. He says, my servant Job. Now he testifies that there is none like him in the earth. Ooh, what if right now, right now the test you're in, before you got in the thick of it, God said, there's none like him in all the earth. There's none like her in all the earth. Think about it, church. He's not setting us up for failure. That'll be against God's nature. <laughs> there is no failure in God. Hallelujah. So whatever he's doing, it has to produce a victory. I hope you're looking at it. I hope you're looking at it different. Holly, we ought to walk out of here if you if you in the midst of paying some bills and you don't have the money or your children backslidden or you, you're in a relationship and you just don't know where that, you ought to just throw your hands up and be like Job because that trial brought him into a deeper revelation with God. Hallelujah. And that trial had him blessing God in the midst of it. <laughs> when was the last time, hallelujah, you felt the pain and you say, oh, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And what Job did, he lost his riches. He lost his cattle. He lost his social status. Oh, my God. If some of you hardly get shut down on a platform, you wouldn't know what to do. 
But Job lost all his social status. Amen. His Facebook, was, his account wasn't, wasn't working no more. His Instagram, it wasn't working no more. His Snapchat wasn't snapping no more. And all of his friends had no explanation for what he was going through. Because none of us knows what the next person needs. Only God does. So don't judge me by what I'm going through. Hallelujah. And I shouldn't judge you by what my eyes see. But just know, hallelujah, that God is faithful. God can bring any of us out of anything. Oh, oh my, I feel my helper coming on. Hallelujah. Church, he said that there's none like him in all the earth. And then God goes in a little deeper. A perfect. Like the Pentecostal preacher say, y'all don't hear me. Perfect. He called Job perfect. What was he saying? He's gold. He's deity. All I see is Christ. Hallelujah. All I see is my seed. Perfect. All I see is Adam. Hallelujah. In the Garden of Eden. Perfect. In that condition where he's going through a trial. Trial. Perfect. Oh, my. Let's look at a little bit deeper. Let's understand what perfect means. Hallelujah. Complete. God's telling the devil, Job is complete. Hallelujah. Johnny and Roseanne Funk are complete. Hallelujah. If you're going through something, I'm complete. Hallelujah. He said he's perfect. Complete. But we don't look at ourselves like that. Job, look, I'm, I'm running ahead a little bit. But Job got so down and out, he went and sat on the ash heap. When God is saying, man, you're perfect. <laughs> He's letting the trial dictate his worship. We're going to talk about confounding the devil. Listen. Perfect means complete. This is what I like. One who lacks nothing in physical strength, beauty, etc., sound, wholesome. Hallelujah. Perfect means, hallelujah, that your thoughts are sound. Hallelujah. That your actions are wholesome. That's what God is saying about Job. Before he told the devil, okay, you can have him. <laughs> Now, let me ask you something. What is the devil going to do with that kind of testimony? (laughs) He lied to himself if he thinks he can defeat that kind of person. When God has already said he's complete. He's lacking nothing in physical strength. No matter what the doctor says, hallelujah, you're lacking nothing in physical strength. Whether it be cancer, whether it be diabetes, whether it be depression, if God's looking at you perfect, it's just a test. I hope somebody's drawing strength tonight. Hallelujah. Because you know who I am tonight? I'm David. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm David, and I'm looking at Goliath. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. But what I want you to know, if all of you are on my team, you're giant killers too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice, once David killed Goliath, everybody behind him became giant killers. Hallelujah. And they chased Goliath's brothers down. They chased his family down. And they started to hack away all the demon powers. I'll be David tonight. David had a lot of struggles. David went through a lot of things. Why? Because God wanted him to reign as a king. So as a king, he had to go through things. Hallelujah. Amen. He had to go through things that he couldn't explain. He had to have failures. Hallelujah. That would only make him, hallelujah, repent and say, Lord, take me deeper. Listen, church, after that trial with Bathsheba, hallelujah, listen, David was a man, what? What was David's character? A man after God's very own heart. But God had to take that goal deeper because there were still some things in there. There was adultery in there. So God took him through a trial. That's the only way he could get it out. There was a little premeditated murder in there. That was the only way he could get it out. There was some lying in there. That was the only way he could get it out. But also, hallelujah, there was revelation in there. And that was the only way he could get it out. He had David, hallelujah, after that trial, through Psalms 51 comes and he says, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Oh, God. And renew a right spirit within me. Where did that song come from? It came from his trial. Woo! Oh, my. And no doubt, hallelujah, through every test, every battle, more revelation came out. David will say, the Lord is on my side. What can man do unto me? Hallelujah. There was a time where he probably was, 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 was in the midst of a battle. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Every test brought out a deeper revelation of God. And we are no different. But too often than not, we look at things from a humanistic realm. But you remember the message? I've been thinking about this message a lot lately. It wasn't so from the beginning. And the greatest mistake that they made when Jesus came, they said, we crucify you for, not for the works, but you being a man saying you're God. They couldn't even see it right. He was not, hallelujah, a man saying he's God. He was God saying he's a man. <laughs> hallelujah. And that's who you are. You are children of God. Hallelujah. Living on this earth. Hallelujah. Call me, hallelujah, God's son first before you call me a mortal man. Because I come from God and I come, I go back. Listen. He says, uh, perfect means an ordinary, quiet sort of person, complete, holy, morally innocent. Oh, 
This is where God, hallelujah, is bringing the gold to. Morally innocent. Having, oh, I love this one. Having integrity. There are some things you won't get caught up in, young people, because you have perfect integrity inside of you. Everybody else running wild and doing all the things they can do in Edmonton, but there's something inside of you that holds you. What is it? It's integrity. My mama, my daddy raised me better than that, and I'm not going to go with you. <laughs> Ooh, that's called integrity. Hallelujah. He said, one who is morally and ethically pure. When God called Job perfect, this is what he was saying to the devil. God told mighty. Whoa. That's an old southern word. You'll probably never be able to say it, so don't worry about it. Instead of saying God Almighty, we say God told mighty. <laughs> Got to take you home for a little bit. But that was just one adjective that he used in describing Job. He said he was perfect. And then he said, and upright man. Upright means correct, hallelujah, straight, level, hallelujah, pleasing, mm. straightforward, just, oh my, fitting, proper, hallelujah, righteous, that which is upright. And this is God's testimony about the man he's going to let Satan get a hold of. Want me to tell you what Satan was doing after God finished testifying? Can, can, I, can I take him through a trial? What is he going to do with a man God has that much confidence in? He's fooling himself. <laughs> Satan's fooling himself. If he thinks he's going to defeat that kind of person God has testified about. Are you with me, Mel? Hallelujah. He will not be able to defeat a perfect and upright man. But you got to believe what God is saying about you. <laughs> that was Job's greatest mistake. He couldn't see himself as God saw him. But God let it go on and let it go on. Let it get a little deeper. Satan has boundaries. He said, do all that, but just don't touch his life. Satan comes back. After he lost, didn't he lose? The first battle, chapter one, he lost. He came back to the Lord and he said, hey, well, let me get a hold of his body. And God says, okay, get a hold of his body. But just remember, he's perfect and upright. He never even looked, he, God, he goes a little deeper. Say, he never even looked at a maiden wrong. <laughs> what the devil going to do with that kind of testimony? What is he going to do with all you people after COVID lifted up? You're right back at your post. Soon as they say church is open, I'm back. We're back together again. We're back in church. Thank God for COVID because it made some of you desperate. 
Hallelujah. It was just a test. He says he's perfectly upright. But listen, let me read you something right quick. This is, this is in a message. This is in a message. Um, I believe it's uh, the approach to God. I may not be in order, brother, so just try to follow me. Uh, it starts, he says, now, if you notice, if you ever notice, how that when the disaster struck Job's house and the children was all killed and everything. See, sometimes disaster strikes our house and we're like, oh, Lord, I just don't know. It's such a tragedy. I thought I had the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something, especially you young people. You don't begin to battle till you get the Holy Spirit. I never had a problem with women in high heel shoes till I got saved. They'd be walking down the street. And I'd be like, walk your walk, girl. But then when I got saved, I was, Isaiah began to come in my mind. She's mincing as she walks. <laughs> See, didn't the battle start to array? Why? Because there's somebody else living inside now. Yeah. Hallelujah. So that's the real battle. Hallelujah. God is pushing out and pushing back everything that doesn't identify with his spirit. Yeah. Amen. So young people, it's all right if you go through a battle. Amen. That means that there's something happening inside. Yeah. Amen. And he was like, oh, his it's tragedy struck his home. Sometimes God will allow tragedy. You know, I started to preach on tragedy because we'll take things, things happen. You say, oh, that's so tragic. Well, let me give you a tragedy, amen. There's a lady in the Bible whose name was Ruth. Hallelujah. Her, her brother-in-law died. Her father-in-law died. And her husband died. Oh, what a tragedy. Oh, that was so tragic. But you know what? That tragedy was the only thing that could get her on her way to Boaz. <laughs> so without that tragedy, without that tragic thing happening in her life, she would have never met the Kismet Redeemer. So your tragedy and your tragic experience should be leading you to another level of God. Look at Joseph. Everything he went through was what? Just to get him in position. Oh, what a tragedy. His family disowned him and sold him into slavery. Oh, what a tragedy. He was lied on by Potiphar's wife. Oh, what a tragedy. He was in jail. Oh, what a tragedy. He was forgotten by the baker or the butler. But all of that was necessary to get him to the throne. So tonight I want everybody to lift up their hands and say, Lord, thank you for the tragedy. I love my tragic God. There's a song that I'm falling in love with. Some of y'all may know it. I know the young people probably know it. But there's a song. It's called Reckless Love. Hallelujah. And in the song it says, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And you think about, what makes God's love reckless? <laughs> what makes 
says love reckless. Why would they write a song saying God's love is reckless? Hallelujah. See, if you're too, <laughs> if you're too religious, you'll miss the simplicity of God. And he sings this about God's love is reckless. You say, what makes him reckless? That he'll love the whole world. Even people he know won't come to him, hallelujah. He'll get on the throne and die, hallelujah. That they'll even have an opportunity to be saved, knowing who will and who won't come. That's what you call reckless love. God's love is so reckless, hallelujah. There were three Hebrew boys who went down in the fire, and God said, one would know, not today. He told Michael, not today. Gabriel, not today. I'm going to get in the fire with them. God's love is reckless. It has no boundaries. God's love is so reckless. Daniel took a stand by praying every day, three times a day. They threw him in the lion's den. God's love is so reckless. He jumped down in the lion's den and put his hand over every lion's mouth. Say, you will not eat today. That's how reckless he is. And he's still the same God. Reckless over you. No matter what people say or what you're going through, it'll never stop God's love. When we present ourselves to be unlovable, God busts through all of that and say, here I am because I'm a redeemer. Oh my, listen, where I'm at, okay. He said the disaster struck Job's home and the children was all killed and everything and all Job had was destroyed. God, listen, God wasn't rebuking Job. He was only purging Job. Amen. I like that word, a purge. The branch that bears fruit. Then God purges it that it will bring forth more fruit. The trouble of it is we think sometimes God's angry with us, but he's only trying to purge us that we'll bring abundance of fruit. Right now, we're in the last age, hallelujah, where we should be bringing forth an abundance of God. Why? Because everything is revealed. So the test should not bring it forth a God of part, but it should bring out the wholeness of God, the fullness of God, the oneness of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. He said, but he's only trying to purge us that we'll bring abundance of fruit, giving us a few trials. The Bible said that they're worth more than precious gold. Oh, my. Listen, I'm going to drop on down. He said, Job was taking was taking his children through, through the only provided approach there was, the burnt offering. And now, he's a, he, here's a little thing I want you to notice. After all the turmoil and everything was over, and then God had taken all his sheep and his cattle and his horses and things, then in the end of his chastisement or purging, God doubled to him. I don't know about y'all where my African saints at I'm looking for a double double hallelujah my God is good oh everything a double double oh a double double oh 
Hallelujah. Glory. I'm looking for a double-double because Elisha had the promise of what? A double portion. Y'all thought that was just a song, ain't it? No, it's scriptural. Oh, my. But listen, what is he doing? He is purging us. God is purging us. What does it mean to purge? Listen, real quick. You know, when you think of purging, purging is something that you do to a tree. That tree has already lived. That tree is matured. It's pushing out fruit. But there comes a stage in its life where it has to be cut on. Hallelujah. It has to be cut on why? To save it. It has to be cut on why? To make it even more stronger. It has to be cut on because the heaviness of the branches and different things calls for it could cause an eternal sickness. So some of those branches that once pushed out fruit have to be cut off so it could bring forth more fruit. Listen, pruning, pruning can remove any portion that have a disease or fungi or other types of decay. That's why they cut on a tree because it could be a hidden disease inside and, 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 the, and the, the person that's treating the tree, they cut these things off just to make the tree healthy. And right now God is pruning us. Why? Just to keep you healthy. Because without certain trials, some of us wouldn't even pray. Without certain trials, some of us wouldn't even come to church. Without certain trials, some of us wouldn't even be in desperation. So what does God do? He purges us. He prunes us. He shakes our tree just to get rid of all the sickness and the diseases and the fungi, the things that nobody else sees internally going on in your life. Some of you, hallelujah, have fungi and decay in your life through things that you've experienced over the years. You got hurt, hallelujah, by message believers, and you're still carrying those pains. You need to be pruned. Oh, the pastor said something, and I told him something, and he preached it over the pulpit. You ever thought about maybe he wasn't talking to you? You think you're the only one going through that? Hallelujah. Look, let me tell you something real spiritual. Hallelujah. If you have a, and I know Brother Ed don't do this, but if you have a, 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 a meeting with Brother Ed and he tells you some things personal and, 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 and he gets on the pulpit and he starts addressing certain things and you say, no, that's not God. Even if he knows about it, it's God. <laughs> and when he doesn't know about it, it's God. Because you have to receive him, what, as a shepherd. Hallelujah. And you might be close to somebody, hallelujah, that's getting hit with your contagious disease. So he has to deal with that thing in a certain way where he can cover the whole thing. Hallelujah. And you worried about getting your shoes stepped on. Some of y'all need to get hit in the foot with a hammer. Because you're stepping in stuff you shouldn't be stepping in. 
Hallelujah. Don't get mad at me. Remember, he said, I'm a true evangelist. What does that mean? I don't care about your feelings. That's his job. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm like the, I'm like the, 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 the band-aid taker off a man. It won't be a one, two, three. It's supposed to be a one, two, three count. I'm always ripping at one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Because we're going to have church, preach, have a good time, and I'm going to be gone and say, whoa, brother Ed, I sure enjoyed you. I'm going to see you next time. Appreciate you, brother. Love you to death. We're going to have a good time fellowship. You're going to be mad. <laughs> brother D, brother D, I'm going to be on the plane and say, whoa, boy, we sure had some time and rapture and faith out now. When are we going to give God the credit for knowing everything about us? <laughs> That's what I want. I want to come to church and know that God is talking to me. I don't want to be here just singing good songs and the preacher come up and he demonstrate how deep his revelation is. And I walk out of here and say, whoa, he should have preached the message. No, I want to hear God talking to me. Whether it be a bunch of quotes, whether it be scriptures, whether it be a man's experience, but to know that God is tapping into my need. That's what's important to me. Hallelujah. Oh my, look, the pruning of the tree. It says other types of decay, stopping it from spreading to healthier branches. That's why the tree has to be pruned. That's why you go through trials, you're pruned. Why? Because there are things on the inside you can influence somebody else that's healthy with. So God will let you go through something, shake you up, just to get rid of that sickness and disease before it spreads over the whole tree. (laughs) What is it called? I'll purge you that you bring forth more fruit. Oh my. Remember, he wasn't rebuking Job, he was purging Job. That purging came with the loss of uh, his family, the loss of his riches, the loss of his social status, the loss of his health. All of that purging just so God could prove to the devil he was who he said he was. He said, removing these branches, now this is the part I like. Removing these branches can also expose the others to more sunlight. So a lot of times you go through things, you go through trials because what? There are areas in your life God hasn't touched yet. (laughs) So he has to allow certain things to happen just so that area can be touched and then more of you can come out. Because what are we doing? We're experiencing the attributes of God. And the only way I can experience God attribute as a healer, I have to get sick. The only way I can experience the attribute of deliverance, I have to get bound into something. So what God does, he begins to prune my tree so the areas that haven't been touched in me, he can touch. Some of you are being touched right now. 
There are areas in your life, there are trials you're going through that you never went through before. Why? God is shining sunlight on you. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh my. He says, in air circulation, which also helps to reduce Hallelujah. The incidences of disease encourages fruit production. That's what the test is all about. Fruit production. Think about it. I want everybody participating in us. We're going through a trial. If we're going through a trial, think about this. You're going through something you have no answers for. No, nothing, nothing. Amen. You could come up with. That's why the prophet preached the message, be certain of God. Because there are things that's going to happen, you have no explanation. You don't know why it's happening. But God wants you to be certain. So he'll allow those things to go forward. But let me tell you something. There's two things you can do when you're going through a trial. The worst thing to do is complain. Because <laughs> complaining turned a five days journey into 40 years. <laughs> Remember, you remember Brother Branham, the woman, she got sick. No, she, she was, uh, yeah, she got sick. The prophet went and prayed for her. She got healed, and then she died a couple of days later in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And the prophet went to God and said, you owe me an explanation. <laughs> Complaining. The prophet. You owe me an explanation, God. I prayed and she was healed and now she's dying. You owe me an explanation. He said, God let him sit for weeks. Didn't even come talk to him. Didn't give him no no visions, no visitation, nothing. (laughs) And then God said, let me tell you something. After he checked his attitude, he said, let me tell you something. There was, there was a time she was with, out on a picnic or at the church gathering, and she fell in the water and slipped, and she drowned. She was supposed to go then, but she wasn't ready. Hallelujah. So God's mercy gave her another chance, and this time she was ready. Hallelujah. Church, could it be maybe that trial didn't take you under because you weren't ready? Hallelujah. You wasn't ready, amen. So God, hallelujah, let it all come back around again, hallelujah, because he know this time you can take it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my. But listen, I'm running out of time. Oh, my. But listen, in pruning, there is something called a three-cut method. Give me that video, bro. I want y'all to watch this video. This is called a three-cut method in pruning. Now, when you, when you, when, before you start playing, the whole thing about pruning is to make the tree healthy and more fruitful. So the person that's operating on the tree, they have to know what they're doing. Because if they cut the tree wrong, it can produce more infection. If they cut the tree wrong, it can produce a scar and it'll mess up the tissue inside the tree. So the tree, hallelujah, the best way to cut the tree is in a three-step method. Hallelujah, let's go. Now I'm going to tell you to pause and different things, but let's go. 
Sooner or later, you may have to remove a damaged or dead limb from an otherwise healthy tree. And when that time comes, there's a right way and a wrong okay, way. Okay, stop right there. He said, sooner or later, you have to remove a damaged limb from a healthy tree. I want you to understand, hallelujah, the mind of God. Hallelujah. When you're going through things, it doesn't mean that you are a sinner. Hallelujah. What it means is, hallelujah, there are things that God has to remove, hallelujah, to keep you healthy. And only that trial is going to keep you healthy. Let's go. From the branch. Don't ask Roger, ask Kadri. First, the wrong way. If you okay. make a single cut from the top Stop of the right branch. Well now, the way he's approaching this, this is the wrong way. When you're pruning a tree, you never go directly at the base. Because if you go directly at the base, the weight of that branch is going to do what? It's going to fall and rip all the way down. And if it does that, it's going to create more problems. I want you to understand, God is strategic. <laughs> Hallelujah. He could go right to the base. He could go right to right there and swipe away everything. But no, God wants you to fall deeper in love with him. So he's patient. He'll take his time. Hallelujah. He'll, he'll make small incisions, small cuts that you'll never get rid of. you always remember how God touched you in that area. Let's go. Watch what happens when you make it most of the way through. Did you see that? Stop right there. See, that cut caused more problems than it should. See, now that tree has an open wound. God doesn't operate like that. So a lot of times, he doesn't just go directly and attack. No, he'll start way out there and start to work his way back. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Weight of the limb broke the branch, ripping the bark, making it very difficult for this tree to heal properly. Okay, stop. The all the weight and everything from that cut made it very difficult for that tree to heal. So a lot of times you can see things going on in church and you'll be like, why brother Ed won't just deal with the root of it? Because it'll make it very difficult for somebody to heal. So he has to take his time and sit back and he maybe even say, next week I'm going to tear it up. But then he'll say, no, let me call brother Diggs. Because, you know, I'm going to come out here, hallelujah, with a, with a chainsaw. I ain't not going to be up there wasting all this energy. No. Because I'm the kind of person I cut the whole tree down. Ain't dealing with none of it no more. That's why I'm not a pastor. The church would be empty. Okay, let's go. Right way to prune a tree is called the three-cut method. And it's three as simple as method. one, two, three. One, 
about a foot away from where the branch meets the trunk. I'll a make foot away. Undercut on okay, the stop. Of the limb. A foot away from where it needs to be cut. Did you hear that? Where it needs to be cut is from the base where it ripped and teared. But he says you can't cut it right there. You got to go away from it. And you don't cut on top. You cut underneath where nobody can see it. And that's what God is doing to us. Some of us are getting cut in areas that nobody can see but God. We're being touched in situations that nobody else can see but God. But what is he doing? He's making the tree more healthy. Hallelujah. You don't have to explain it to nobody else. God knows what he's doing. There are some internal trials we go through, but what is it? God is keeping the tree healthy. And you say, bro, these internal. Yeah, like things in your family life. Things between a husband and wife. Things between the children and the parents. Things that only the pastor know. Those cuts that are hidden cuts. But you need those cuts to get to the place you really want to get to. <laughs> because those simple cuts, hallelujah, those hidden cuts that God are dealing with, hallelujah, it keeps the tree from having even more damage. All right, let's go. This cut will only go about a third of the way through the branch. Two. I'll make a second cut an inch or two further out than the first cut. All right, stop this right there. Is- now you cut right here on the bottom. But to really, hallelujah, get the access, you got to go beyond that cut a little bit further out and cut from the top. Hallelujah. But it's going to be, hallelujah, that cut on the bottom that saves the whole limb. Those internal things that God may deal with you in your secret room. Those things that nobody else knows about, hallelujah. And some things you go through isn't, let me, let me, let me be proper with this isn't anyone else's business. Sometimes it's for you and you alone. That's why it happened in a way, a place nobody else could see. But then there are some things, hallelujah, that'll happen where everybody sees it. (laughs) And now he's cutting on the top, hallelujah. And this incision on the top is going to drop some weight. Let's go. It's made from the top down. I'll keep sawing until that branch breaks free. You see how clean that was? See how the undercut? Stop. What stopped it from ripping the whole tree? It was the cut up under the bottom. It was those little wounds, those little trials that no one else sees but God. It's those things that make you stronger. Hallelujah. And when it's time for you to go through something that everybody else sees, hallelujah, it stopped right there. Hallelujah. Let's go. Allowed the limb to fall off without ripping the back. Three. This is the last cut. I can make my final cut. Okay, stop. Those first two cuts made room for him to get to the place he really wanted to get to. The root of the problem. 
your God is intentional. And he may start way out here with little simple things. And you go through a trial with this. And then he comes back, you go through a trial with this. But where God is really trying to get to is what's really close to you. And once he get really close to you, he say, oh, Lord, Lord, why me? Why could I get? Oh, Jesus, why did it happen to me? I just, I... Let's go. This area of the branch is a little thicker than the rest. It's called the branch collar. It's a little thicker. It's very thicker. important that I don't cut into that so that the tree will heal properly. Because I use a three. Look how smooth that cut is. <laughs> From that cut, nothing else can get into the tree. No diseases, no infections, no fungi. Nothing can get in from that cut. That cut made the tree even more healthy. It's by that cut, hallelujah, that the tree will survive to the next year to push out more. But it took two prior cuts that could have damaged the whole thing to be cut first just to get to that one place. And you may go through something and you're like, God, why me? God's trying to get to the deep of the cause, the root of the matter. Hallelujah. And once he gets to the root of the matter, you won't even realize you've been cut. Look at it, church. Look at it. Hallelujah. Look how smooth it is. There's no ribs. There's no tears. There's nothing. Hallelujah. Just like a a Holy Ghost incision. And there's some things, hallelujah, God takes us through for what? To make us better people. Okay, you can take it down. That's called a three-step method of pruning. <laughs> and every cut was needed to make the tree healthy. Every trial you go through is needed to keep your tree healthy. That's why it's more precious than gold tried by fire. Because the prophet says, hallelujah. Let's read it. He says, it's been told to me by authorities that before they had days of, of, of smelters that take the dross out of the gold, take the iron and pyrite. The pyrite is so close, like the real gold, till it's called fool's gold. But the way they got it all out, they beat it out with a hammer. Whew. He says the Indians used to do that. And the old goldsmiths used to do that. Beat it with a hammer and turned it over and over. Whew. Sometimes, I don't know about you, church, but I felt like I've been turned over and over. You know what you ought to be saying? Praise God. (laughs) That's what Job did. He got to a place where he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Remember I said there's two things you can do when you're going through a trial. One is not to complain, but number two, which is very, very, very important and more vital than all, is to give God praise. Why? Why? Why should I give God praise? Because it confounds the devil. 
Think about it. He's cutting on you and doing all these things to you, and you come to church singing, God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. What is it going to do with a person who's going through strenuous battles and you're still giving God praise? What is it going to do with a person who's coming to church saying amen to the word of God when they're going through something they didn't have no answer for? What is it going to do with that? Let me tell you, nothing. (laughs) He'll pack his bags, put it on his shoulder, and say, well, let me go back to the States. Oh my. Over and over. Beat it with a hammer and turn it over and over and beat it until all the dross was out of it. And the only way that they knew that it was down to the goal was when the beater could see his reflection in it. Every trial, every test, God's getting us to the place that he can see his reflection. Because he's doing the beating, not the devil. God is. But I like this part. He says the one who's beating could constantly look until he could almost shave. Ooh. (laughs) Woo. Did you hear that? You you, you see what, what he's comparing that to? He's comparing that to what? Looking in a mirror. And God wants us to be so much like him to the, to, to the scriptures will come real to us. That we are the mirror of the word. That when he sees us, he sees himself. Oh my. I, now, now, I've been blessed not to have to shave. <laughs> but for those of you who have to shave... I guarantee you, none of you do it without a mirror. (laughs) If you do, you're a bad man. You just walk up in there and go stand, go stand at the wall. Walk out of there, hair here, hair there, hair over here, hair everywhere. Why you need that mirror so you can make sure you get everything? (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Oh, I'm going to read you one more and I'm going to close. If I can find it. Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. Listen. Nah, that ain't what I want. All right, I had to read the whole thing. <laughs> this is, this is uh, in the one, the power of God. Are you with me, church? Let me help you out. I know it's, we've, it's what, it's been about two years, three years, something close to that. It's still the same. I'm about to close. <laughs> COVID didn't change that. Okay, listen. He says, think. We have an anchor, amen, that's in the veil. We can't see it sometimes, but we know it's there. Can I get amen? 
Like the little boy flying the kite. If I can, stop right there. See, some of you guys might not even know what a kite is. <laughs> Isn't that something? We got generations of young people who don't even know what a kite is. We grew up flying kites. I'm a March baby. So I was born in a windy month. So around March, they go to uh, places like we had Kmart. We go to Kmart and buy some kites. And you know what you do? You get that kite. It was on a string. And, you know, it had like little rods in it and plastic. And you put it on a string and you put it out like this and you let some more string go. And then you go. <laughs> and once you get the kite going, you let it roll and roll and roll and roll. And before you know it, it's way up there. And sometimes it gets so high, can't see it. But you know it's there. Because every now and then a wind will hit it and you. <laughs> and that's just like our God. Sometimes we think he's not there, but then we'll feel a little tug. Hallelujah! And he's letting us know, I'm still here on the stream. Hallelujah. And I'm saying tonight, somebody need to wind their kite back in. Hallelujah. Wind their Jesus Christ back in. Wind them back in because he's always been there. You might not see him, but he's always been there. And this experience, hallelujah, is to get you to a place where you realize he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That little tug shows that that kite is still there. And we were, we were just ridiculous. We always push boundaries. So what we do, we take a string from another kite and tie that one on there and make it even longer. <laughs> See, we had fun when we were young. You guys are boring. <laughs> Everything is around some kind of electronics. We go in the backyard. Let me get off that. Let me get that. Let me leave that alone, because y'all be like, oh, my, they had so much fun. I wish I could go back in their time. Look, Brother Ed, I don't even think kids ride bicycles anymore. You know, Christmas time, everybody had bikes. We were gone. We'll be back, Mom, before sundown. I think this brother says snow here. Come on, bro. <laughs> I'm sure Jonathan was out in the snow having a snowball fight. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a different time. But he's still the same God. In the trials we overcame as parents, he's still the same God wanting to help you overcome. Hallelujah. Let me finish reading this. Where am I? <laughs> okay. He said, they say, where is it? I said, I can't see it. Said, I know it's there because I can feel it. So that's right. We may not be able to see it. Times get dark. Can I get an amen, church? Amen. The clouds may hide his blessed face for a spell. But remember, the clouds may hide his face, but it don't hide him. It can hide the sun from you, but it's still shining. 
hallelujah, beyond the clouds. And faith sees the sun beyond clouds. And here was Moses' mother in the conflict of testing her faith. And every child, every son that comes to God first must be tried. God tests your faith. Now look like God, oh my. God tests your faith. And this is what the prophet God said. He said, now it looked like God could just simply bypass the whole thing. He could. He's God. He could just bypass the whole thing. But look what he says. And don't have any approach away and just cut the thing off. But it's better that he gives you a test and then comes to you when you're in the test. Somebody say hallelujah. God gives me a test just so he can come and fellowship with me. God gives us a test just so he can show up in the midst of our test. So if anybody going through something tonight, what I want you to do when you leave this building, I want you to start doing this. Because he said he'll see you through a test just so he can show up. If you're being tested, you need to start looking for God because he said he's going to show up. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Comes to you in the test. He said, I like that, don't you? The greatest experiences of my life is when I come up against, come on, musicians, is when I come up against a mountain that I can't get over, under it, around it, and just stand still, and God will move the thing back, and he will more. No, no matter how dark the cloud is, faith pierces it yonder with an eye that looks beyond anything that the devil can't set before you, because God is our victory. Hallelujah. So although we're being pruned, our trees are being shaken, it's so that we can continue to live. It's so that we can continue to be perfect, perfected, complete, sound, upright. Hallelujah. The testimony of Job was God's testimony of him. (laughs) Before the trial. So I say to you tonight, don't be discouraged by what you're going through. It's only God. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I remember I was going through a really, really tough trial. And I was about to get depressed. I actually was getting depressed. And what starts to happen to a person when they get depressed Who they are characterized starts to be affected. Like I'm a person who loves to dress up. I like to put on a nice suit and come in church like I'm an ambassador. <laughs> I say, man, why you got to be wearing all them fancy suits and this and that? I say, you tell me how the son of a king is supposed to look. I'm supposed to look like royalty. (laughs) Don't blame me. He told me I was the son of a king. But I was going through, you know what I started doing? I started coming to church in tennis shoes and jeans. And then I went from the middle of the church to the back of the church in the midst of a trial. 
because I, I didn't have any answers. And I'm thinking, Lord, I thought I was where I was supposed to be. And one brother in the church, he went on vacation. And on vacation, he called me. He said, hey, Brother Deeks, how you doing? I said, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. He said, hey, you're going through a trial. He said, hey, I don't have to know what you're going through. He's just watching my conduct in church <laughs> and knew I was going through something because what he was seeing from me in church wasn't really who I've previously been. Everybody in church is not a devil. There are some spiritual people in here who are praying for you, who are watching over you, who are connected to your life, and they're praying for you. And you don't have to tell them anything. Amen. God deals with them on a sensitive level. Hallelujah. And me and this brother, we don't have constant fellowship, none of that. We don't call each other every day, none of that. He just noticed that I was going through something and called me and said, hey, bro, let me tell you something. He said, I saw you sitting in the back of the church, and I thought, that is not cadre. He said, hey, don't let the devil steal your joy. Because he said, if he steal your joy, he's going to sweep you right on out. And that was like weight being lifted up off me, just coming from him. In the next service, I put him on a three-piece suit, shined my shoes up, came back in, stood up to the front, sung a couple songs, and we had some church. And I was back. But all it took was for one concerned believer to walk with me in my trial. Hallelujah. Didn't ask any questions. Didn't ask for explanation or anything. Just said, brother, I'm praying for you. Hallelujah. You'd be surprised what that little concern can do for somebody in your church. And then after that, my pastor locked in. Hallelujah. I was sitting there. I don't know if he was watching my face, but he stopped. And before he got to going, and he said, hey, before I get into this message, let's make one thing clear. Let's make one thing clear. He said, there's nothing, and I live by this. He said, there's nothing you can go through except first God allows it. Church, oh my, that, that right there was like a shock to my system. I just started smiling. And when church was over, Johnny, I got in the car. You remember how we missed that exit that time? There was an exit. Drive all up the grass. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have told that. <laughs> but I was in my car. Leaving church, and I was at the light, and I looked at the person next to me, and I thought about what the pastor said. You can't go through anything except for first God allows it. And I looked at them, and I was like, <laughs> Woo! He looked at me, what's wrong with this nut? I was like, God is good. Because what I'm going through, he chose it for me. what you're going through he chose it for you and just to make it a little bit more deeper hallelujah he said hallelujah he'll put no more on you than you can bear 
So if you're going through something tonight, you're built for it. It cannot take you under. It cannot sweep you out because it will be against God's promise. Hallelujah. So you're built to go through it. Hallelujah. And I'll give you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, even a little bit more, but we're going to take the devil's grips off of everybody. Remember the prophet of God said, he said, the devil has one good punch. Allotted for everybody here, one good punch. One good punch. He said, that's all he got. Now I'll put myself in it. I've been diagnosed with cancer. Survive. Diabetes a couple times, survived. Financial issues, survived. Family issues, survived. So now I look at it like this, Andrew. One of those could have been his only punch. And I made it, Roseanne. So everything now is just a bluff. If you survive the one punch, everything, every other child, whatever you go through, is just the devil bluffing you. And somebody here tonight might be getting bluffed because you didn't already survive his greatest punch. Hallelujah. Oh, my. God is so good. Church, let's look at these things differently now. Because God is never setting us up for failure. He's setting us up to bring out more of him. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so
evangelist could take an opening scripture from the book of Job and have us rejoicing in God at the end. <laughs> oh my. Do you know that song, He's the Same God? He's the Same God. <clears throat> I look back on history and see the, the mighty God, God His word will never fail, but I can't keep on dwelling on some past memory, cause He's the same God, and He's living in me, oh, the same God.
So many times I've questioned certain circumstances or things I could not understand. And many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision and my frustration gets so out of hand. Says a main song. Oh, we promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be one to climb. Oh, he never offered our victories without fighting, but he thing I like to do when we have a brother like Brother Cadre come in, I, I think I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago and I said, 
You know what I like about Brother Cadre? He comes in, and you know, he, he does this thing where he sniffs it out. <laughs> and I thought, I need to give this brother lots of room to sniff it out. I said, I, I don't want to say anything about anything here. I want to let the Lord speak to us. So I said last night to my son, I said, you go pick up Brother Cadre from the airport. I do not want to influence this service in the least. Today we went for lunch and we talked about everything about what, except what was here. And God bless you, Brother Cadre, for the service tonight because that was not Brother Cadre. That was the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us. God bless you. Did the Lord speak to you? Do you feel encouraged? I do. I think we need to sing one more song and then you'll be dismissed. But God is good all the time. <laughs> all the time. Can we sing this and then we'll be dismissed? If you're walking through the valley, there are shadows all around. Well, do not fear, for He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. Ah!